G'day and welcome to the AOS Coach sneak peek into the new Maggot King of Nurgle Battle Tome that Games Workshop were kind enough to send me to, to check out and kind of get my head across before general release. Now, in this video, I'm going to focus on the key changes that I noticed across the War Scrolls, the points, the grand strategies, the battle tactics and the battalions that you might want to consider for match play. Now, in a previous video that you might have already watched, or maybe you're, watching, you're going to watch very soon, I look at the Allegiance ability. So if you want to know more about the new Nurgle Allegiance abilities like disease and what also comes around with the cycle of corruption, all that stuff, go and have a look at the channel and you'll see that there'll be another video about abilities. This book, as I previously mentioned, is chock full of art and narrative gems and path to glory rules and pretty sweet map of Gairan to be honest I was excited to see that map of the Gairan I love seeing all the little pieces on the map and you know who might be there and what does it all mean and how close are you to the cities of Sigma and all that type of stuff but hey I'm going to avoid the spoilers as much as possible when it comes to the lore I want you to enjoy that and let's dig into the key war scroll and ability changes that have happened in your new Nurgle book so let's start off with your match play rules and look at the new grand strategies and battle tactics. You have four new grand strategies to choose from in addition to whatever battle pack you're playing in, whether it's the Gurish Heartlands or the Core Rulebook, you've got four grand strategies to choose from. The Corrupt Arcane Nexus, Tend the Gardens, Spread Rampant Disease and Bless Desecration. If you go with Corrupt Arcane Nexus, it is scored if a friendly Maggot Kin of Nurgle is within three inches of the center of the battlefield. Seems pretty easy. But you've also got to make sure that there are no enemy units within six inches of the center of the battlefield. Ten the Garden is scored if there are no enemy units within three inches of a feculent Narmor in your army. Seems pretty easy. Backfield the, the Narmor, kind of avoid any anyone coming from reserves. But you will also need to make sure that the Feculent Narmor, uh, you've got one of them summoned in your opponent's territory. And it has to be wholly within your opponent's territory. So consider some of your summoning or your contagion points reserved to, uh, to get 10 in the garden. If you go with Spread Rampant Disease, it's scored if every enemy unit on the battlefield has at least one disease point. So you have to watch out for any heals that might be available to you. But that one does seem a little bit easier to score than some of the others. And then finally, Blessed Desecration requires your general to be immortal. So you can't pick this if your general is a demon. But what you do get is after deployment, you get to choose one terrain feature that's wholly within enemy territory. And if you score control of that terrain by the end of the game, you get Blessed Desecration. Out of the four options, I would say Spread Rampant Disease or Tend the Gardens would be my favorites outside of obviously your generic ones in whatever battle pack you're playing. Hold the line as an example. Spread Rampant Disease I really like because I think it's pretty likely that you can get one disease token on every unit by the end of the game. However, you're obviously at risk of your opponent using uh, a heroic action uh, and then a, like a retreat and kind of run away, um, you know, heal up and kind of avoid taking damage. So, you know, keep that in mind. I also like Tend the Garden because in the late game and with the right positioning, you know, you can pop a Feculent Narmor into your opponent's territory. And if you are on the flanks of the board, you know, you can ideally summon it away from the main fight and keep your opponent away from that Feculent Narmor. And if they do happen to go for the Feculent Narmor to try to deny you the grand strategy, then it might then kind of allow you to, um, you know, maybe avoid some of the combats or, you know, 
let you score up you know, objectives or whatever it might be. There are a bunch of battle tactics to choose from that will be uh, available for selection in addition to whatever is in the battle pack that you're playing in. So Feed the Maggots allows you to score it if you have at least seven enemy models slain by the disease roll during the turn. So that could be on one unit, it could be on uh, multiple units, but as long as seven enemy models are slain. Nurture the Narmal allows you to pick one of your feculate Narmals in your army that has an enemy unit within 12 inches of it. Now, you are going to score that if you are able to essentially defend the Narmal. So if you are able to uh, remove those units from outside of 12 inches and make sure you kind of protect it, they're avoiding the Narmal, they've retreated, they've moved, you've killed them, whatever it might be, you score the battle tactic. Gifts of Nurgle you complete if all friendly units on the battlefield at the start of the turn inflict at least one disease point on at least one enemy unit during the turn. Glory to the Grandfather is going to be scored if there are more enemy units than friendly units destroyed in that turn. The Droning is scored if there are different friendly units with the Rotfly mount in each quarter of the battlefield at the end of the turn. And then finally, you've got Sudden Domination that you're going to score if you summon a Great Unclean One onto the battlefield in the turn, as well as it, it is within three inches of an objective that you control in your opponent's territory. So you're going to need to have enough points to summon the Great Unclean One. You need to summon it uh, within three inches of an objective, and it needs to be within opponent's territory that you control. So if, if those like stars line up, sounds like a great battle tactic to score but it might be a bit hard to, you know, I wouldn't plan for that one. Now you've gained access to two core battalions to use for match play. One is the Thricefold Befoulement. The other one is the Rotbring Assist. If you go the Thricefold Befoulement, it does require you to have three great unclean ones. That's it. There's no optional. There's no things to add. It's just three great unclean ones. Now, if you do take the three great unclean ones and you put it under this battalion, you'll get yourself an extra enhancement which might be nice. You might get an extra spell. You might get an extra artifact, but don't get too excited because the points for Great Unclean Ones and Rodicus did go up. It is based on the keyword, the Great Unclean One, which means you're going to be able to include Rodicus within that three. The other battalion is the Rotbring Assist, which is focused more on the mortal side of Nurgle, and it allows you to be a one-drop deployment. So it does require you to have one Rotbringer leader as long as it has less than 10 wounds. And it has the option of two additional Rotbringer leaders, again, under 10 wounds. You will also need to bring three Rotbringer troops that are not leaders, artilleries, or behemoth. And you got the option of three more. If you really wanted to build a strong early deep strike, you know, drowning men list for that plus, that plus eight inches on the first turn, you you know tap into the the Pascal Blight Lords, for example. It could be a great way to to put them into a one drop, or you know why not tap into say Battle Regiment and the Rotbring Assist if you want to include a hero with more than ten wounds, and you know double down on that. You know maybe want to bring a Great Unclean one as well as you know have a bit of a mixed bag there. I, I really like both battalions. You know you will probably need to be an accountant to work out how you're going to fit in the rest of your army if you are going to take the three uh, great unclean ones, but hey, you're bringing in three big boys. Like that's, that's not bad. 
Speaking of the big boys, let's look at some of the key changes that have happened. So there has been a fair amount of changes on the War Scrolls. I'm just going to call out some of the big ones. I'm not going to call out every little nuance that like a War Scroll to hit roll went from a four to a three. And like, you know, that's you, you can enjoy that when you get your battle time. I'm just going to call out some of the big ones, both in the uh, the big heroes, the demons, and then the mortals. So starting off with Rodigus, Rodigus lost minus one to its move profile, and it's down to a base move of four. Rodigus get, did gain an extra four wounds, so it's now up to uh, 20 wounds. And what's really cool as well is that the damage profile table has degraded less. So in the old book, there was five different profiles for the damage profile. It's now down to four. Rodigus is now a war master, so he's treated as the general, even if he's not picked as the general. And there's a whole bunch of ability rewrites here. It lost the blubber and bile, it lost corpulent mass, and it's lost streams of brackish filth. In its place, it's gained bloated with corruption, which if an unmodified ward roll for this unit is a six, it can pick one enemy unit within three inches and it suffers one disease point. It gained the Rainfather, so that allows you to re-roll a casting roll when attempting to cast its signature war scroll, the Deluge of Nurgle. Mountain of Loathsome Flesh has been changed, but it does still sit on the war scroll. Instead of it dealing damage to enemies within one inch, it is now a monstrous rampage action. So what happens with the monstrous rampage is you get to pick one enemy unit that's within three inches, and on a two plus, it's going to deal either between four and one mortal wound, just depending on how damaged um, Rodigus is. Deluge of Nurgle is now a flat five plus instead of fluctuating like the old War Scroll, and it will still do D3 mortal wounds for every five plus you roll from, I think it's seven dice. There are some minor melee adjustments. Probably the most impactful one would be the Narl Rod, and it's gone down to a two inch range, but it's now three damage. Now with the Great Unclean one, the Noxious Bile is now Ren 3. Most of the melee weapons are range 1 with the exception of the, the Bile Sword, which is 2 inch range, and it now does damage 4. Its melee profile is a little bit more consistent with a lot more 3s to hit. It did lose the command ability, uh, the Grandfather's Joy, which I know lots of you enjoyed to give you plus one attacks in melee. It has the same bloated with corruption and mountain of loathsome flesh that Rodigus has. Putrid Offerings has changed, and you now get to cast an extra spell instead of plus one to the cast and unbinding rolls. Reverberating Summons is uh, an ability that's now tied to the Doomsday Bell. And it's going to generate you one to d3 contagion points depending on uh there's a dice roll mechanic you roll a dice and then on a roll of x it allows you to do y so it's not a flat d3 you're to roll a dice for it to see what it does uh, and then finally on this profile the hosts of nurglings it has gone up to 15 attacks depending on how you are in the damage table Finally, when it comes to the superheroes, you've got the Glotkin, and the Glotkin's missile weapon has been rewritten. Instead of it being one attack with a potential of 2d6 damage, it's now a flat seven attacks for one damage. The melee profile has gotten a little bit better with some higher damage and more consistency across the board. And like Rodigus, it is a war master, so it counts as a general, even if it's not chosen to be your general. Abundance of Flesh has been slightly reworded, and it's now Fleshy Abundance. Same, same, but it's now keyworded to mortals only. 
Your horrific opponent ability has been slightly modified. You still get to roll 2d6 um, for each unit within three inches. It used to be seven inches. It's now been reduced to three. And if you beat the bravery of that enemy, uh, it must retreat or suffer d6 mortal wounds. And it used to be, I think, from memory, minus one to hit. So the unit has to either retreat or take d6 mortal wounds. I like that. Unfortunately, the range has gone down slightly. It lost the Lord of Nurgle command ability, but in its place, it gained the Blight Kring command ability, which at the end of the enemy movement phase, if this unit is within 12 inches of an enemy unit, uh, the command must be issued by this unit, so issued by the Glotkin, and received by another friendly Magakin unit within 12 inches of the enemy. That what happens essentially is your your unit can uh, that receives the command can charge. So essentially, this is a counter charge in your opponent's in a, your opponent's charge phase, which I think is pretty sweet. Next up is looking at the demon units, and I've called out the Sloppity Bile Piper, Epidemus, the Poxbringer, the Plague Bearers, and Hodiculus Slimux. The Sloppity Bile Piper has changed slightly, and its War Scroll has been updated since the Broken Realms update, so it has actually been updated again. A Stabbing We Will Go is uh, now a plus one to wound, so it's no longer plus one attack. A lot of the other abilities, like the My Love is Like a Ripe Ripe Fart, remains unchanged, but Sloppity no longer adds plus one to the bravery to Nurgle demons um, through the Disease of Mirth. So when it comes to Epidemus, the Taliban of Nurgle has been reworded, and the way it works now is at the start of your hero phase, if Epidemus is on the battlefield, you roll the following amount of dice depending on uh, what, what Epidemus can see and what terrain features are visible to Epidemus. So if three, if a great unclean one is visible to Epidemus, you get three dice. If there is a friendly plague bearer host with 10 or more models, or a feculent Namor, or both, you get two dice for each, uh, as well as one for other friendly Magakin of Nurgle units. So you basically calculate how many of these units are visible to Epidemus, and then you roll a bunch of dice. So for each five plus, you get to add one to the tallies of new diseases that Epidemus has collected, up to a maximum of seven. So this is not your disease points, this is something completely separate. So for each of those five pluses, and you've calculated a couple of new diseases, um, you either can you you can cash in and use one of those diseases to either re-roll one ward roll, a casting roll, a dispelling roll, or an unbinding roll for friendly Magakin of Nurgle units. So again, it's not the disease points. With the Poxbringer, the Captain of the Taliban's ability has changed, and now in the combat phase, when you pick the Poxbringer to fight for the first time, you can pick one friendly Plague Bearer host unit within 12 inches of it, and it hasn't fought yet. So the Poxbringer and the Plague Bearer will be able to fight simultaneously. So it's basically a double activation. So it's not a you go, uh, I go, you go, I go. It'll be Poxbringer, Plague Bearer, and then you go. So very much like what Lumineth, if you've ever played Lumineth. You've also lost the In Death There Is Life ability, which used to allow you to heal one wound for friendly Nurgle demons, but you're already healing through your Allegiance abilities. Now when it comes to your Plague Bearers, they have gained an extra wound. So previously they were one wound a model, they are now two wounds a model, and in the previous Allegiance ability video, you would have heard me there is a demon spell that allows me to add an extra wound to each model. So I can get my Plague Bearers up to three, but 
on their war scroll, they are now two wounds apiece, which is pretty sweet. The trade-off there is that they used to be a five-up save. They are now a six-up save. So they're a base of save, a base of six. The Icon Bearer only returns one slain model. It used to return up to D6. It's now just a flat one. They did lose the uh, the Locus um, ability. We used, to, we used to allow you to re-roll save rolls of one while they were wholly within seven inches of a Nurgle uh, Demon Hero. And the other probably thing that you might get a little bit upset about is that the Cloud of Flies is just a minus one to hit against enemy shooting. So there used to be a whole bunch of additional um, minuses to hit when you had a unit of 20 or more models. That feature is no longer available. Regardless of how many models, it's now just a flat one to hit in enemy shooting. Particular Slimex has had some changes. He's gone from a 3-up save to a 4-plus save. His movement has gone from a 5 down to a 4, but he has gone up from 8 wounds to 10 wounds. Now, on paper, that's really cool. He's got an extra 2 wounds, but it does then push him into a commander role, not a sub-commander role, when you start playing around with your battalions, which I think might suck a little bit. I'm sure you might rather him have stayed in the nine space to kind of still be a sub commander in your army. It might be worth calling out as well that plague drones, melee weapons have been simplified. So instead of having a whole bunch of like one, two and three attacks and all these weird profiles, it's now just flat six attacks for each of the drones. And then uh, you get two attacks for the plague sword. So there's a lot more consistency within the plague drones that are hitting on threes, wounding on threes. The Deathhead shooting attack has changed as well, so it's no longer one attack per model. Instead, it's, it's equal to the number of models in the target unit to a maximum of 7 inches. Um, I think it used to be 14 inches, it's now just 7 inches. When it comes to the mortals, we've got a couple of key changes through the Blight Kings, your, your Puscor Blight Lords, your Rotbringer Sorceress, and your uh, Lord of Plagues, and your Harbringer of Decay. So when it comes to your putrid blight kings, it's they're now five attacks. They used to be three. They're still hitting on threes, wounding on threes, and they have rend one. So uh, I know a lot of people were happy and wanting to see rend on them. So they've gained an extra set of attacks, more chances to deal out disease, and they've got rend. Your musicians no longer give you plus one to the run and charge rolls, which is going to doubly suck when you remember that you can't use the feculent narmors to slingshot. They're that those chimes are no longer there but what the musicians do do is it does force your opponent to re-roll battleshock rolls of one they've lost the discharge roll which was at hero phase d3 heal or enemies uh, will take d3 mortal wounds on a six plus you've also lost those blighted weapons which were those um the exploding sixes you have gained relentless attackers and what that gives you is at the end of the combat phase you pick one enemy unit with a wound characteristic of three wounds or less and you roll one dice for each model within three inches and for each roll that exceeds the wounds characteristic they're going to suffer one mortal wound so if you're mostly fighting against like one wound or even two wound especially you're going to do a couple of cheeky mortal wounds in addition to the disease and in addition to anything in the the combat phase your Pascal Blight Lord's melee profile has been simplified exactly like the Plague Drones. Uh, it also doesn't have those discharge rolls or the Blighted Weapons. It has gained the Rack and Ruin, which after this model has made a charge move, you roll a dice uh, for each enemy unit within one inch of that model. Now you add plus two to the roll if it has the, uh, is it the Dolorius Toskin. 
and on a four plus you or a two plus if you've got that special weapon you're going to do d3 mortal wounds on the charge you've also gained the relentless attackers that i just talked about with the black kings too the Rockbringer Sorcerer's Steam of Corruption has changed. So instead of doing a flat three mortal wounds, you will now roll the dice for each model that is within seven inches. And on a five up, it's going to do a mortal wound to that unit. Now you can extend the range of the Steam of Corruption to 14 inches, but it changes the dice roll from a five plus to a six plus to do that mortal wound. So uh, keep that in mind, but there's a bit of flexibility there. The Lord of Plagues has gained plus one attack. It's lost the Wanton Slaughterer. Uh, it's also lost the Plague-ridden Great Weapons, and it's also lost the Grandfather's Gift. But in its place, it has gained the Sevenfold Slaughterer ability, which gives you plus one melee weapon attacks to one Putrid Black King's unit that is wholly within 12 inches that hasn't fought yet. On top of that, uh, the Rot's Corp Mulch has changed, and it now gains a contagion point for each enemy unit that the Lord of Plagues destroys. Finally, the Hardbringer of Decay has lost the Soulbound Shield, which was a 4-plus uh, ward against spells. It also lost the Rot Sword, which was that once-per-battle mortal wounds. And it's also lost the uh, Morbid Vigor, which was a 5-up ward bubble command ability. It has gained the Augur of Entropony, which within 7 inches of the General at the start of the first battle round you will gain an extra d3 command points you've also gained the shutter blade which at the start of the combat phase you pick one enemy unit within three inches and you roll a dice and on a three plus that unit cannot issue or receive commands in that phase so it's basically access to the raw monstrous rampage without being the raw monstrous rampage so you could double down and take a um, a great unclean one or some type of monster for the raw ability and have the harboring of decay or if you didn't take a monster and you you know you purely went mortals you could still have access to that ability um, despite not having a monster so uh, i really like that as you can see here on the table there has been plenty of points movements with most units going up and I mentioned to you not to get too excited about the Thricefold Battalion because as you can see, Rodigus and the Great Unclean One are all sitting around 500 points. I think it's 495. So if you have the, the Thricefold Battalion, you've got you know Rodigus and two Great Unclean Ones, you've essentially got 500 points to fill your remaining slots. And that includes your battle line because unlike Sons of Behemoth where your monsters are going to count as your battle line as well, your great unclean ones are not battle line. The other big call out I'd probably want to make here is that the Glotkin, a personal favorite for third edition, people love the Glotkin. The Glotkin has basically doubled in points. So the Glotkin is now worth 700 points, which um, could be quite hard to fill in your list, but it also could be a great centerpiece for those mortal um, armies and then surround it with Black Kings and things like that. I can only imagine a lot of these units went up in points, because you've gotten disgusting resilience in the past disgusting resilience was only for demons correct me if i'm wrong but now it's across the entire maggotkin of nurgle um keyword and you're also going to heal one wound so um you know everything kind of went up things went a little bit more resilient you probably need a little bit less bodies but uh you know you, you you're paying for it in points 
I was surprised to see that Plague Bearers, despite doubling in their wounds, have only gone up 40 points. I'm sure people who are playing the Heatites of Slanesh and they're looking at their Demonettes for 100, 110 points, and then they look at your Plague Bearers for 150 points now for 10 models with 20 wounds, I still think that's incredible value. So you could run, you know, the Thricefall Battalion with three units of Plague Bearers, or even tap into the Beast of Nurgle if you go into is it the Befouling um sub sub allegiance but you know there's some interesting changes and i think if you try to plug in your third edition list you're going to quickly find that your army has significantly increased in points but as always you know the the true list teching and my recommendations are going to ultimately come out after the faq and as long as christmas doesn't impact us even worse um there will be about a four week delay between the battle time hitting the shelves and um, the FAQ being released. So fingers crossed, I'm running a tournament at the end of January. I'm praying and hoping that that FAQ is out kind of mid-January at the latest. Like there's a lot of changes here. And I think my advice to you, if you, you know, Nurgle player, is that you really need to go back to the drawing board with your Nurgle list. And don't just take, if you've, if you've been playing Nurgle in third edition and you just grab that that list that you've been using from War Scroll Builder and you cram it into third edition with the new Battle Tome, you're going to quickly find that you'll be over points and it doesn't function the, the same that it used to. There's a couple of heroes it used to take for adding pluses to attacks or various things. You know, they're no longer around or those abilities are no longer around. So the way that you used to run your list has significantly changed. And I think, you know, when I look at the journey of Nurgle since first edition, it felt like the pendulum swung either way. You know, when the book first came out, Nurgle's uh, the demons were hot. Then mortals became hot. And, and I think when I look at the book, I think it's a nice balance between demons and mortals. So regardless if you are sitting on either side of those keywords, I think they're fairly matched. I, I am kind of excited to see where the uh, the list teching really comes into play when you start adding in those Beasts of Chaos, the Skaven, the Slaves to Darkness coalition units. But I think, you know, you really need to start thinking about how you make the most of potentially summoning new bodies, um, how you rack up those disease points, how you start to chip away those mortal wounds. But also, how do you get away from the, the, the lack of speed? I think you're going to think your army's a lot slower, despite the board size is kind of shrinking. The fact that you've lost run and charge, the fact that your Narmor doesn't act the same way, I think you need to think about your army a little bit differently. But luckily, disgusting resilience has made your army more resilient. So the requirement to get into combat and deal damage quickly probably has been reduced. But hey... I'm not a Nurgle player. I, I'm not playing Nurgle, so this is my observations, and I would like to hear from you in the comments section, Nurgle player. How do you feel about these, these changes, both in the Allegiance and the War Scroll changes? What's excited you and what's disappointed you? I can imagine there's going to be a little bit of disappointment, but I think there's some really exciting things in here as well. And I think when this book hits the shelf and you're going to watch this video and you're going to watch other people's videos, I can imagine some of you are going to feel rage about this book because it doesn't act like the old book. However, I, I will say to you to, to have some patience, have some test games, see how your list teching now goes with some of these new abilities, new rules, and how the points change. And I suspect, you know, despite some of the bookkeeping with diseases, I think you enjoy this book. It feels thematic. It feels fun. 
Um, I think it's still competitive, but it's you're going to have to think about things a little bit differently. But hey, post FAQ, I will get some Nurgle experts on the channel. We'll have some discussions. We'll have a deeper dive and we'll kind of see how we bring this all together. But I think right now, I think you just got to go for the hump, the fact that your points are a little bit more expensive. So how do you make the most of it? But hey, let me know in the comment section what you think about the book. What are you excited about? What are you disappointed about? Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below. The conversation will continue over on Discord, so leave down below in the episode description if you want to join the Discord and continue the Age of Sigmar conversation. I want to give a massive shout out as well to these absolute bloody legends, these champions who have continued to support me through Patreon or YouTube members. That is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel. So thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. And until next time, roll more fixes.